Welcome to The Bridge Podcast. We're a group of young people from Ottawa that just live to spread faith, hope, and love. From wherever you're listening, we pray this message will bless you. Welcome to the other side. So we're grateful. Uh, This series uh, that we have in the month of February is titled uh, Desires and Destinies. Let me hear you say that real quick. Say desires and destinies. One more time. Say desires and destinies. Listen, how many of you know that what you desire may not necessarily be what your destiny needs? We, we desire so many things. We desire love. We desire sex. We desire intimate relations. Um, but right now, that might not be what your destiny requires. And uh, in this series, I want to say something real quick. I, I want to uh, just put out this disclosure that this series requires us to be 100% honest and 100% transparent with God, with each other, with our families, with our friends, with everybody who's here in this place. This series requires you to be 100% transparent and honest. This series wants and requires you rather to be honest before God. Listen, you know, I could stand out here and I, I could preach and I could shout and I could prophesy and yell and all that type of stuff. But if you yourselves don't make it a point to open up your heart and say, you know what, I really want to receive from what God, for what I really want to see of what God has for me uh, in this series. If if you don't make that decision yourself, this series is going to be one of those words or one of those series that just go through your ear and go out the next ear. But if you make and desire in your heart, say this series, God, I know it's, 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 it's a different title. I haven't heard it before. It's something new that we're trying. It's something different, but I'm going to do my best to let your words sink into my heart. And uh, I want us to also make it a point just to be 100% transparent. Let this word go down on the inside of you. And when we talk about the term desire, desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or you want it to happen. That's what a desire is. A desire is also something that, something that you want, something that you desire, something that you need. Even sometimes you have sexual desires. Those are some desires that you have. Listen, a want is different than a need. A want is different than a need. You could want a relationship, but do you need a relationship right now in this age? What do you have to your name that you want to say, oh, this is my girl, this is my boyfriend? What do you have to your name? A want is different than a need. Sometimes we crave for things. We desire certain things. We, we literally crave after certain things, and we crave after relationships, and we crave after certain things. But how, much of you, how many of you guys know that some things that you crave after could also land you in abusive or toxic relationships where you can go and desire and crave after a man, but that man will literally abuse you emotionally. He'll abuse your confidence. He'll abuse you, and then once he's done with you, he'll just throw you in leave you. Why? Because you never went after the guy or the guy didn't come after you in the right time and in the right season. Certain things that you desire, certain things that you crave after, if you don't do so in the right season, could actually backfire. Likewise, for females, or for males rather, you could land yourself in a relationship that could be completely toxic. Yeah, the girl might might feel you when she's around all of her friends, but when you guys are one-on-one, that could be a toxic type of relationship, and that's not necessarily something that you want. That's a desire. You desire 
those relations and those intimate things. A destiny is something to which a person or a thing is destined to. God has predetermined plans for every single one of us. God has a plan. God's plan. Amen. Drake, is he in this place? God has a plan for every single one of us. But God does something and God gives you free will over your life. Where God literally has a plan for you. He says, you know what? Uh, you know what I want to do, Petra? I want to give you this. I want to, this, these are the plans that I have for you. I want to make you great. I want to make you amazing. I want to make you big. And I want you to follow this plan that I have for you. But you also, God giving you free will can just allow you to choose your own decisions. God would say, don't go out. Don't talk to that guy. You know every time you go talk to that guy, he ends up abusing you. You end up doing things that are not holy. Why do you keep doing so? And so God will allow you your free will. If you want to keep going down that path, you can go down that path and keep doing that. But God's destiny for you will not be established unless you follow his ways. Just because you desire intimacy does not mean that that desire is for your destiny right now. Just because you desire relationships, you desire sex, you desire certain things, you desire just to make your soul feel all good. I love when I do this because it makes me feel all warm and cuddly on the inside and I just know that he loves me and I know that she loves me and I know that we're going to live happily ever after. We're going to marry, we're going to have great children and we're going to do all these great things. It makes us feel good, but just because you desire it doesn't mean that it's good for your destiny. In order for us to accomplish the plans that we have, or rather that God has for our lives, we have to have our desires under control. Our desires, what we want, what we feel like having has to be under control, has to be under the control of your spirit, under the control of the spirit of God. Your desires literally have to be governed over the spirit of God. What you desire is not what God desires for you. Does God desire you to go out to that club? Does God desire you to go out to that party? Does God desire you to go after that girl? Does God desire you to speak as you do? Does God desire you to look a a girl up and down like you do? Does God desire that for you? If God is right beside you, which he is, and he's watching over you, is he pleased with your thoughts? Is he pleased with your actions? Is he pleased with how you're doing things? Is he pleased with you? Should you go up to heaven today, would God say, well done, thou good and and, and, and great servant? Should God take you, would would he be pleased with your actions? Just because we desire certain things doesn't mean that those things are for our destiny. Your destiny is something sacred. I want you to say that after me. Say, my destiny is something sacred. One more time, say, my destiny is something sacred. Let me hear it in the back. Say, my destiny is something sacred. Once you understand that, you would know that because your destiny is sacred, it shouldn't be influenced by teenage desires. Because your destiny is sacred, it shouldn't be influenced by impulsive decisions. Because your destiny is sacred, it shouldn't be influenced by your mind or by your feelings or by your emotions. It should be influenced by the emotions and feelings of Jehovah God. I just want to give you a disclaimer, another one, that this series is about to be a little, a little bit hot, a little bit tough. 
Toasty, and it's going to be Prophet Ralph uh, uh, uncensored. And so please prepare yourselves, brace yourselves. Every time you come to Bridge on a, on a Saturday this month, you know, come with a seatbelt because I'm coming for you. And uh, we're going to be on a ride. I want to take us to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 in the NLT version. And I want us to read this scripture, and I want to show you something. And the title of this sermon that I have for you today is, I never knew... I needed it. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I never knew I needed it. Come on, tell your other neighbor who you ignored, say, I never knew I needed it. First John chapter 3, verses 1, I never knew I needed it. In the NLT version, it says, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and this is what we are. What a beautiful scripture. That scripture right there pretty much bases our identity on being sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. That scripture right there says we are our father's children. He loves us so much and we are truly of God. We're not of this world. We're just here for a little while, but we are of God. God is our father. God in heaven gives us our identity and he loves us unconditionally. I came to preach to somebody that it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you've done. God will still love you. God will still chase you down. God will still come after you. God will still come and help you. God will still pick you up from the dirt, even though my soul clings to the dust. But revive me according to your word. It doesn't matter what you do. God will still be there for you. God isn't like your friends. He's not like your family. Even though some of them may have forgotten about you, they may have rejected you. God will chase you down because he is our father. He's your daddy. He's your father. God in heaven gives us our identity. And I want us to turn really quickly to Colossians 3 verses 21 in the NLT version. And it says that our father... In heaven, give us our identity. That's what we read from 1 John chapter 3. But when we go to Colossians, it says, Fathers, do not aggravate your children. It says, or they will become discouraged. Fathers, your natural fathers, your natural parents, your, your mother, the actual people that you live with. It says, do not aggravate your children. Why? Lest they become discouraged. Don't aggravate your children. It says that our fathers here naturally, they should do whatever they can to please us. They should be there for us. They, 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 should, they should stay with us. They, they should love us. They should encourage us. They should be there for us. They need to be in our lives. Our fathers, our mothers, whoever is your parent guardian, they should guard you. They should not aggravate you. Our fathers here on earth give us our identity our fathers on earth they they give us our identity they give us uh, uh love they, they they cherish us i want you to note this quickly it says that in in first john it says that god is our father so in heaven he gives us our identity as children of god but also here in colossians here on earth it says that our fathers that we live with they give us our identity and i know that my father here, uh, Dr. Ralph, he's done a great job of giving us, you know, my four brothers, uh, or my three brothers, rather, our identity. Every time he sees us when we were younger, he would ask us, do you know who your daddy is? And we'd be like, yeah, you're my dad. You know, you sing, you're cool, whatever. And he'd be like, no, do you know who I am? Do you know who you are? You're a son of Dr. Ralph. Do you know who you are? Your daddy's rich. Do you know that? We didn't have no money, but he'd always be like, oh, your daddy's rich. 
We'd always be like, he, he'd always be like, listen, I, listen, I, you're my son. I love you. You're my son. There's nothing that you can do that will turn me away from you. He would literally affirm his identity, the Darte name, into me. The fathers, our mothers, our guardians here on earth give us our identity. But our Father in heaven also gives us our heavenly identity. Whenever our earthly fathers our earthly mothers don't give us our identity, they don't reaffirm their love for us. They don't tell you that they love you. They don't tell you that they're there for you. When, whenever your guardians don't do so, we end up desiring love and relationships elsewhere. Because if I can't get the love that I need from home, I'm going to desire it in things. I'm going to desire it in people. I'm going to desire it in somewhere else. I'm going to desire it in other places. Whenever our earthly fathers don't give us our identity, whenever they don't give us our identity, we literally seek for love elsewhere. We seek for love in games. We seek for love watching anime. We seek for love in fashion. We seek for love putting ourselves together, making ourselves look blessed. We seek for love from other males and or females. We look for love everywhere else because we're not getting it from the home. We put in extracurricular activities. Oh, you know, I don't want to be at home today because I'm, I'm working. I don't want to be at home today because I'm volunteering or I'm always volunteering. I'm always, I'm never home. I don't want to spend time with my family. My dad's not home. My mom's not home. I don't want to be there. I hate my life. I hate this. I hate that. Whenever we don't get love at home, we try to find it somewhere else. We desire it somewhere else. Something that our fathers, our mothers are meant to give us. I remember my second week on the job and I work, I work at, at the CBSA, you know, from Tuesdays to Thursdays, and I remember my second week on the job. And I was so excited to begin working. And the second week on the job, you know, I woke up really early. And, uh, you know, I, I woke up super early, and I was getting ready. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't used to getting up super early. I wasn't used to it. But the second week on the job, I woke up super early, and... Uh, I showered, and I was in the shower, I was praising God in the shower, I was doing all I could, I was, you know, washing myself real nice, and, you know, I, I was making myself feel all good, and uh, I was doing all that type of stuff, and then I grabbed even, you know, I, I got out the shower, I dusted myself off, I washed all the water off of me, and I started creaming myself, and I, I even got my comb, and I started combing up my hair, and I started feeling real good, I started combing up my hair, and all of a sudden, I finished combing up my hair, I put my clothes on real quick, you know, I already had my, my clothes ironed from night before, so I put my clothes on real quick, and I started, uh, you know, ironing up, I started putting on my clothes, and as soon as I finished, I jumped from my house into my car, got in my car, sped all the way down to the parking ride in Eagles, and I sped all the way down there, and uh, finally got there. I got up my car, boom, I saw my bus, it was coming, I saw it coming, and uh, all of a sudden I changed it down, and I got it, and then I, I hopped onto my bus, and I was sitting there in the bus, and I had my music going, and I was listening to the music, and I was praising God. There is no bondage. Every chain is broken. I was, I was praising God. People looking at me, you crazy. What's wrong? What's wrong with this black guy? He's crazy. I was dancing in there. I was, you know, doing all them dances in there. I finally got off. I finally got off the bus, and I started walking all the way down to 
my actual building. And I, I was walking in there with confidence. I was like, yo, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I've been here. It's my second week. I'm good. I might be a little bit late today, but I'm good. You know, I had to spend a little more time combing up my hair and fixing myself. And I'm good. So I walk all the way there to my building. All of a sudden, I get there. And uh, I'm walking past the security guard. The security guard calls me back. He says, hold up, hold up. I was like, can I help you? What's, what's, like, what's wrong with you? Do you know who I is? And he's like, can, can I see your badge real quick? And I'm like, yo, no worries. I got you. Like, I go into my bag. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find my, you know, all this stuff inside my bag. I'm trying to find my, 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 my badge. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to pull it out. Don't worry. I'm coming. Don't worry. He's looking at me. He's looking at me a little bit funny. What's wrong with this guy? Like, you know, you should have it on you. And I'm literally trying to, I'm trying to find it. I literally get so aggravated. I take the entire bag. And I'm like, I throw everything out. I'm like, where's this bag? Like, he's looking at me all crazy. I'm like, sir, give me a minute, sir. Give me one second. Hold up. Have patience, man. Golly. I'm trying to find it. All of a sudden, I'm like, yo, I, like, I, I, don't, know where this, I don't know where this badge is. And I, I check everywhere. I can't find it. And I was so distraught. I'm like, you know what, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm super sorry. I'm, forgive me. Like, I'm sorry. My bad. I was way too confident today. You know, I thought I had everything that I need. I came on this trip, and I thought that I had everything that I needed. I, I literally thought, you know, I, I look good. I smell good. I, everything around me was blessed. I made sure that everything was good, but I didn't have exactly what I needed. And so my entire day was distraught. I get to work, and I'm like... I couldn't even do what I, what I came here to do. I couldn't get into certain places. I couldn't get into certain floors. The whole day was just messed up. All because I went on my trip thinking that I had everything that I needed, but I didn't. I was missing the most important thing, which was my identification. And sometimes we are here and we go through this trip of life and we walk through life as if everything's okay, as if we don't need nothing, but we're missing the thing that matters the most, which is the love from our fathers. We, we miss everything. We, 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 try to, we try to appear all cool. Everything's all right. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Don't worry, problem. I'm good. You good? I'm, I'm all right. Don't worry. I'm good. But we go on life. We go through life and... We walk through life every single day with, our, with a smile on our face. And we walk through as if everything's all right. But we're walking through life missing one thing. Which is the love that we need from our parents, from our fathers, from our mothers. Some of us, we front as if everything's all right. As if we have everything together. We sit down sometimes and even ask ourselves in quiet moments, what's wrong with me? Why is it that my dad wasn't there for me? Why is it that my guardian, my mother, my dad didn't ever sit down and say, you know what, I love you. I love you with the love of a parent, of a mother. Why is it that they couldn't ever be there for my games or my soccer games or my basketball games or even my parent-teacher interviews? What is wrong with me? We play ourselves and we try to call ourselves to make sure that we think in our minds that everything is all right. We, we, we try to play off the fact that our father wasn't there for us. The natural father wasn't there for us. We play off the fact that there's actually a void on the inside of your heart. We play off the fact that there's actually something that's missing where Sometimes, you know, you've become so used to the fact that 
they're not there for you that you don't even feel anything no more. You're literally numb to the fact that they're not there for you. We go through life with that void in our hearts and we try to find different desires from other people to fill that void in our hearts. Different desires from other people to fill that void in our hearts. And we get to this point where we're like, I never knew that the love of my father or my mother meant this much to me. I never knew that I actually needed the love from my parents. Yeah, they were there for me. They were in the house, but they were emotionally checked out. They wanted to be in Africa over being there with me. They wanted to be in France over being in the house with me. They wanted to be at work over being in the house with me. They were there naturally, but emotionally, they weren't there. And there's a void on the inside of my heart. We get to the point where it's like, I never knew that I actually needed the love of my father or my mother, but I actually do need it. I'm hurting. I'm searching after certain things. I'm going after love from other people. I'm going after love from different things, from alcohol, from drugs, from partying, from girls, from guys. I'm going after love everywhere else except for where I need it the most, which is at home. I never knew that I wanted my dad to say, that I love you. I never knew that I wanted my mom to say. I never knew that I wanted these things. I never knew that there's a void on the inside of my heart. And you know, all those things result in one thing, and that's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is something that has plagued the youth heart. In our generation, we have so much unforgiveness, so much hurt in our hearts. We bottle it up and we push it down and we hide it and we try to be like you know I'm all good I'm all right but deep down inside you're really 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 hurting we go around angry we go around upset at the world we go around angry at life at people at things you begin to harbor certain things on the inside of your heart. You begin to push certain things down in your heart. And you begin to become unwilling or unable to forgive. Even when people try to love on you with the love of Jesus Christ or when somebody tries to come into your life to love you, you can't even receive love and you can't give love because you're emotionally unavailable because your father or your mother didn't say that they loved you when you were younger. We harbor certain things. We bottle certain things. I remember my first encounter, my most important lesson. The most important lesson for me at my first encounter weekend was to forgive and to let go. And the unforgiveness session broke me. And I was finding it so difficult to just release. You know, when I was younger, my, my dad was around preaching the gospel everywhere around the world in Norway and in U.S., in Africa, everywhere, in Toronto, various places, and pretty much my mom raised us. So you're standing here looking at somebody who's been raised predominantly by my mother from age zero up until age, whatever, when I came to Ottawa. That's when I feel like I became conscious. You know, you become conscious at certain ages. <laughs> you know, those ages, like, I don't remember, like, what happened when I was four or younger. I feel like I became conscious 
when I came into Ottawa that I had multiple parents. And um, truly, from age zero up until like age 11 or 12, it was almost as if like I had, you know, I was just been raised by my, my mother. And I never knew that I had so much bottled up on the inside of me. Like some of you. Some of you don't think that you have certain things on the inside of you, but they're there. Trust me, they're there. But this February, we're bringing it all out, and we're laying it at the feet of Jesus. And when I went to my first encounter, God began to move through one of the guys and began to tell me that you got to let go. You got to forgive. You got you to gotta forgive. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. And I never knew that that void was there because my dad was literally in the house. He was there, but he just wasn't there. I don't know if you guys get what I'm saying. And I had to literally dig deep inside my heart and be like, you know what? God, you're right. There's something that is missing in my heart. There, there's, there's something that I am holding on to. And I asked God, I said, God, I don't want to hold this stuff in on the inside anymore. My heart was beating. And I was embarrassed because people knew who my dad was. And I'm there at the front, and I'm there, I'm broken, I'm crying, and my hands are raised. And I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I need you right now. And I began to just cry before the Lord at the altar. And God told me that you had to go through that season of your life. You had to go through that period. You had to go through that stage of your life. Because God had a greater plan for me. You know, if you hold on to unforgiveness, you literally stunt. And you halt what God's trying to do off the inside of your heart. If you hold on to unforgiveness, you, you resist the plans of God. Because you're holding something in on the inside that shouldn't be held. The word of God says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, it says, blessed are those whose hearts are pure. And the NKJV version says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Do you know what it means to be pure in heart? What it means to be pure in heart? It means for you to not have any unforgiveness towards anybody. To be pure in heart, it means for you not to have any ill thoughts towards anybody. What it means to be pure in heart, it means that you don't hold anything on the inside. You have no grudges with anybody. It means that if God literally took your heart and he looked through it, it would be completely pure because you're not holding anything on the inside. There's no blemish. There's no unforgiveness. There's nothing that you've been holding on to. God says that blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those whose hearts are pure. Why? For they shall see God. We always ask God, I want to see you. God, I want to feel you. God, I want to touch you. God, I want to know you. God, I want to feel your presence. God, I want to feel you. I want to get close to you. I want to. God's like, that can't happen because you have something on the inside that you need to let go of. In order for you to get to that point in God that you really want to get to, where you knew him at some point, where he begins to speak to you per second. You can hear what he's saying. You can feel him. You can know him. Your heart has to be pure. 
without any blemish, without any unforgiveness, without anything on the inside, without anything that you're holding towards your father, your mother, your siblings, your friends, your family, your teachers, anybody. And God would say that he's anointing every single one of us with the ability to love again. To receive love and to give love. For God has sent us here as this ministry, as the bridge where it says in Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 it says that I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great day of the Lord and he will restore the relationship between the fathers and the sons Verse 6. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. The hearts of the fathers to the children. I'm believing that in this season, that there will be reconciliation between your fathers and you, between your mothers and you, between your family members and you. That there will be reconciliation, that we have to get past the point of harboring things on the inside of us. But we will take steps to mending those relationships, to reaching out, to loving again, to desiring to love again. You know, you can be hurt so bad that you don't even want to try to love anybody anymore. You can be hurt so bad that you don't even want to forgive anybody. But the Word of God says that I, God himself, We'll send somebody, we'll send a ministry, we'll send a prophet to turn the hearts of the father to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. There's going to be amending, there's going to be a reconciliation, there's going to be something that will happen between your earthly father and you. That you will no longer desire the things of the world, desire relationships outside of the will of God, but you will desire to know God more because you're receiving love where you need it most. And I want you to be on your feet today. And I want you to write these notes down so you can tell your parents that you came to church. Point number one, love forgives. Love forgives. If you truly love somebody, if you're truly in a certain space with somebody, you will forgive them even when they wrong you. That's how you live with your brothers and your sisters and your family. They wear your clothes when you don't want them to wear your clothes. They wear your makeup when you don't want them to make, wear your makeup. They wear your shoes when you don't want them to wear your shoes. Sometimes I buy fresh kicks. Reggie just takes them. I'm like, bruh, just takes them. Yo, these are a wave. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I bought them. Leave them right there. 
understand this, that love forgives. When people hurt you, forgive them. Love them more. You know, the word of God says to love your enemies just as you love yourself. To do good to your enemies. To do good to the people who wronged you. To make sure that you have nothing in your heart. Because you have one desire and one desire is to see God. To experience God. To know who God is. Point number two. Love gives Love gives. If you love somebody, you'll give to them. That's why when we come to church, we give to God because we love him, so we give. Whoever we love, we give to. If we didn't love nobody, we wouldn't give nobody their time, no, nobody our time. We love, and so we give. Love gives. Don't be stingy. Don't be selfish. Don't be prideful. Don't be distasteful. Be a nice person. It's easy. Be a nice person. Say hi when people say hi to you. Go out of your way to help people. Be a good Christian. Be a good servant of God and enjoy the presence of others. Love gives and love forgives. And I want to say this as I close. that the void that some of you may have because of the absence of your fathers or your mothers or your guardians, God has the ability and the capacity to fill that void with his love. Understand this. He has the ability to fill the voids that you have, things that you push down, where you said, I don't want to bring this thing back up. I don't want to remember when he left. I don't want to remember when he left. The void that you have where you're trying to fill with partying, with girls, with this and that and that and this and that. You're trying to fill with everything. You don't have time for yourself. You're trying to fill because there's something that's missing, that void. God has the ability and the capacity to fill up that void. If you would let him, if you would say, I don't care about who's standing beside me. I don't care about my status. I don't care. I'm messed up. I'm dirty. I, I know. I'm, I... But if you would put all your pride aside and go after God and say, God, I'm truly messed up, but I need your love to fill this void because I'm truly hurting. With all eyes closed. It's supposed to be a move of God in this place. I want you to take a, a bold step of faith and allow God to fill every void on the inside. I want to open up the altars right here. The spirit of love is in this place. The spirit of love is in this place. The spirit of love is in this place. God is in the business of mending hearts, mending broken hearts, mending relationships, mending things that you've kept for so long. God has the capacity to heal, to fix, to deliver. 
I want you right now to take a bold step of faith and join me right here in the front. One, this is the best decision of your life. You will feel way better. God is here for you right now. He wants to fill up every single void on the inside. Meet me right here. Take a step of faith. Meet me right here. If you're hurting, if you if you know that there's a if you know that this word was just eating you up, I want you right now. Take a take a step of faith and join me right here in the front because I know that God wants to touch you right now. Don't play with me. God wants to touch you right now. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message blessed you. For more information on the bridge, follow us on all our social medias at Hope C L T R. God bless.